Welcome to Mouthing Off with Olivia. Hey guys, it's Olivia Caridi from The Bachelor, the girl with probably the biggest mouth you've ever seen. But now I'm using my huge mouth to talk really smart things with my favorite reality stars, influencers, YouTubers, you name it. They're going to mouth off too. Bam. This is Mouthing Off with Olivia. The bringing out right now. You guys know I, I love Love is Blind, and I have wanted Miss Jessica on here for a while. Oh my God. Hey, girl. Hey. This is pretty wild. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to be here. We have a lot to get to, like pressing matters. If, if you haven't seen Love is Blind, I've had Mark on, who, what we're going to talk about, and then I've also had Kenny on, and I think I've described the situation pretty well, but it's the show on Netflix where you're fall in love blind in a pod and then you go to Mexico and you got a little honeymoon and then you try to do the real world. And then at the end you decide whether you want to stay married or not. So there's your, did I get that right? I mean, that's really great. <laughs> really good. Olivia. Who were you before this craziness happened? I was just a girl, you know, um, living in this, world, you know, mid thirties, I might've mentioned that. I mean, a few times (laughs) working workaholic. Okay. Probably. So I spent a lot of years just heads down and not focusing very much on building a relationship or looking for the right guy, but more just, you know, looking for Mr. Right now. And then I started realizing all my friends around me were getting married and having babies and I had moved out to Atlanta in 2006 and I had been out there for so long. And I have all these friends around me that are like my second family. None of us are, are from there. Um, but I start seeing less and less of them. And I'm like, wait, I woke up and I'm like, I've, I've got to figure this out. You know, I need to kind of work on my relationships and um, fast forward this thing a little bit. Cause I had to spend so heads down and you wake up and it's like, I mean, you're, you're still in your 20s, right? Yeah, but I've been there where you work, 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 work. And then you're yeah. like, oh, wait, I'm alone and this doesn't really give me everything. Exactly. So this opportunity kind of came, came into my life and it felt right. And I really liked the concept of not swiping on someone's face. Oh, yeah. And I'm a big stranger danger person. So social media dating doesn't really entice me. I don't know how they're right in if you're someone who is enticed by social media and or, and swiping and the apps, please tell me why. The worst. It's horrifying, honestly. So yeah, this opportunity kind of dropped into my lap. And I felt like you know, this could be a great way to have that whirlwind romance that I always kind of thought I would have in the end. Okay. And, you know, I'm someone who thinks everything comes into your life for a reason. And so after a long time looking at this horrific contract, I decided to sign on the dotted line. How did they find you? Actually, a couple girlfriends um, forwarded me this email. One was on The Bachelor. She was on Brad Womack season. And then um, my girlfriend, Ashley, who was on the show a couple times, she was at the dreaded bachelorette party and we went for barbecue. And she she mentioned like Heidi Klum has a boyfriend who's 10 years younger or something. And she feels awful about that line. But um, she also sent me the email and I thought, well, what the hell? I'll have a conversation with this guy and I don't know. It was just kind of like life was starting to be a little bit, um, 
it was just starting to be a little boring. I'm like, I feel like I'm not really finding my guy in Atlanta. Atlanta is awful for dating. It's horrible everywhere, but I under, I feel you. Five women to one man. So anyway, um, you know, I thought I could just kind of sign up for this and maybe find my husband that way, but it didn't exactly work out. Someone wrote in, I want to know more about your job as I think you're a badass in the career department. That's so nice. Um, not really. I work for a software company um, and I'm in sales. I manage um, a territory for basically it's, a, it's like our channel partner business. So we do X amount of resale business for our software. So I manage that business for our West territory. Got it. So yeah, it's super cool. I started off at like a telecom company for eight years doing something I didn't really love to get to where I wanted to be. So when you signed on for the show, obviously it was in its infancy. So they were probably presenting it as what the heck? I mean, what did you think it was going to be when you went into it? Honestly, I had so many questions. It was originally called the Atlanta singles project. Oh, I didn't know that. I kind of like that name. We showed up to, it was like the Hampton Inn on the south side of Atlanta. And I was the first one there because I'm perpetually early. Mm-hmm. And the other girls started rolling in like an hour later. The production company came in and I realized that it's the uh, Married at First Sight people. Oh, okay. And that, that show scares the living daylights out of me. And then I start putting two and two together and I'm like, Oh, it's going to be one of these. They start telling us the rules and that, hey, you're going to be in these pods for 10 days. Then you decide if you're getting engaged or married. I'm like looking behind, like, is everyone like taxi? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, So we didn't know a whole lot before going in that night. Um, And then like the details start to come out and it was really, it was scary. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, this will be fun. And I'll go in there and, you know, I'll, I'll just write it out until the end of the pods and then get out of there. Uh, you know, there's no way I'm going to make a connection like this. And as I said, kind of in the end, I'm too much of a realist for something like this. So, you know, in that moment, I'm like, okay, this will be fun for a few days, make some friends and head out. So that was the plan. Jenna Kelly said her and Kelly knew each other before the show. Did Kelly being there help her at all? Yeah. So when I, I was sitting in the Hampton Inn, she came in. I'm like, what are you doing here? We were, we were in the same friend group. I had known her for five or six years. What? Yeah. Um, so that was kind of crazy. And yeah, it helped a ton having her there. I bet. But I also, I made new friends um, that were really strong connections. And one girl um, didn't end up having her face shown at all. Oh. And she was there with me through the entire pod experience. The first day of the pods, uh, both Mark and Kenny described it as like speed dating. What was your like best and worst speed date first day? My worst was my first. Probably. And I love him to death. <laughs> and then I think Mark, Mark was the best date. Um, he was kind of in my second group that day. Okay. He was the best date. And that's what I wish I would have could have brought home a little bit is like, it was a good date, you know, but when you're in this uncomfortable situation, it's like someone who says, Oh, Hey, I'm from Chicago too. It felt like the best thing in the world. The greatest thing. There's 10 million people in the greater Chicago area. And he lived there for like a year and a half of his life. Like, I just thought 
you know, this is meant to be, I am here. It's this most uncomfortable situation. I don't have any of my support people in my life here. Like, and you have nothing, you're totally quarantined. I mean, you're totally, you have nothing. And I meet this guy and he's a Cubs fan and he's from Chicago. And, you know, we have the same belief system and it's like, I thought this is, this is the stars are aligning. Yeah. So he was, he was my favorite date. Who else were you? I mean, obviously besides Barnett, was there anyone else that caught your fancy? Yeah. There's this guy named Taylor. He was a 32 year old photographer. Awesome guy. We talked a ton about our families and, um, you know, he had some issues with his brother, very similar to some experiences that I've had with my brother and, we would come out. I mean, I cried multiple times with him in wow. there and he came down to the, so the very last day it's proposal day before reveal day. And I had Mark and Taylor there still. You just didn't see any of the Taylor experience. Taylor was there on proposal day. And I went in and I just told him almost immediately. I'm like, look, honestly, like, I just don't think we're there yet. You know, I don't want you to propose to me because I don't want to ruin that for you. Um, And that's kind of how it ended. But he was there the the very last day. And that's something that you never get to see. So if you were going to rank in a group, right, of three, where is it? Barnett, Taylor, Mark. At what point? (laughs) I guess maybe at the day where where Barnett, like, quote unquote, broke it off with you. Yeah, that was several days before the proposal day. Where was it then? It was then, and Barnett and I actually had a conversation after you see me storming out on him. Yeah. We had a conversation the next day, which I told production, I don't want to see this guy anymore. I'm over this. But the next day, I did go in and talk to him, and um, I told him, look, I'm here for you as a friend. I don't want to F with this. Like, this is the experience that I have in the dating world. You know, it's I don't want to do this anymore. And we were cool at that point. And he, I knew he was something that I didn't want. Um, and I was kind of like, I've got your back. And he said the same thing to me. And that's something that carries over. But obviously, I overstep. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But yeah, that's really where we were at. We established a friendship. And we were kind of just like buddies at that point. So he was kind of out of the picture, totally out of the picture for me. And then on proposal day, it was Mark and Taylor. And, you know, I told Taylor, I didn't think it was right. And it was too fast. And he said, okay, take care of the little guy. So what put Mark above Taylor? Honestly, um, I don't know, Olivia. (laughs) I was in a hole, like. You didn't know what was going on. I thought the person I met you know, cause you're on every single date. You're just on. Right. And he's such a lovely person and that comes across. Yeah. Um, he's very energetic and he, you know, he's into fitness and he's a big sports person and big Cubs fan. Um, and we were on the same page with our religion and that that's really big for me. Um, and I just, I think more than anything, it was just like this experience brought me here for, for a reason. And he's from Chicago. And I really, you know, after being in Atlanta for that long, like I really want someone from home or a Midwestern guy, you know? And it was more in my head, just like, this is meant to be. They put this guy here for me. Because everything's over-dramatized. 
in this situation. Obviously. Okay, we'll get to Mark. But I, I do have, I like this question from Lauren Bro, who said, the couples that got engaged that weren't shown, can we get any insight into why they chose to showcase some couples and not others? It's interesting, and I don't know. And I don't even know if they know. But I don't think that production expected so many couples to get engaged. Uh, there were eight in the end. I don't even think it was fiscal reasons. I think it was more, I mean, my team, my production team was like 15 people and there were five of us couples. So I think just probably staffing alone. Wait, 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 wait. You had 15 people just on you? Yeah. From the time I got engaged through the end of the show. So for 30 plus days, Mark and I had our own team of people that would just follow us around. (laughs) Did you have one specific producer that was like your person when you were doing the little chats, but there was other people like storyline person. There was, um, dang two videographers and tons of people. Maybe it was like, because they only had X amount of time and with they, they wouldn't be able to accurately show each relationship and like the dynamics of it if it was muddied by like eight couples and not, you know, a smaller amount. Yeah. I mean, you only see a snippet of us as it is. I can't even imagine if there were more storylines. So which woman did you grow closest to, at least while in the experiment in that little lounge room that you didn't actually sleep in? But Probably Danielle. Okay. And she's the one that didn't get shown. But the crazy shit is this whole you know, um, love triangle that plays out with me. She had even a crazier love triangle. With what? got engaged to Rory, the guy you see that everyone thinks is a therapist. She got engaged to him and then she ended up breaking it off with him and going after the other guy that proposed to her. And it's like, that would have been such a great story. I'm, I'm sure production was like, damn it. I think so. But she's also, her personality is very Zen and she's really chill. So I don't know if maybe she wouldn't have played the game. Maybe. Yeah. She wouldn't have played it like me. So at at least the way that it was shown. Okay. I'm only speaking on the way it was shown. You at one point felt like Barnett's going to pick me. Like you felt confident. I mean, did you really feel that way? Were you blindsided when he said, you know, no, I'm not, this isn't it. I was blindsided in the moment. I think hindsight being what it is, I can recognize that he's a typical guy that I would go after that, you know, wouldn't be available for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. But I was definitely blindsided in that moment because there's so much that you don't get to see and hear of the conversations that we had. And um, it was... Yeah, it was pretty wild to me because um, I thought I thought in that moment that that we were there. But obviously, you know, now I'm just so thankful that it happened the way that it did. When you got engaged to Mark, at least in the moment, did you feel confident like this was this is the right choice? I did. You did. I felt confident in it because I, I had time. It looked like I just went into the next room. I'm just like, hey, sign me up. 
you know, you're my second choice. Let's go. It definitely looked like Barnett said, no, I don't want to be with you. And then you're like, okay, well then Mark's the one. Exactly. What you don't get to see is I'm working through in interviews. Hey, this is the typical guy that I go for. The Barnett's of the world. Emotionally unavailable. Tall. (laughs) Tall, handsome. And um, Mark is the guy that, you know, I've never really been intrigued by. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's easy. Okay. You know, I'm not ready for that. And so I'm working through all these emotions and, you know, talking through it. And I'm like, this is what's supposed to happen. I'm supposed to kind of learn this lesson in here. And I'm supposed to go after this guy who's, you know, was there for me since day one and, you know, represents all the things that I think would be a good husband. Um, So that's what you don't get to see. And there's a lot of time actually between the Barnett storming out and then getting engaged to Mark and Barnett has his own, his other issues with Elsie and Amber Mm -hmm. and all that played out way after the, I say way after this is all happening in 10 days. Yeah. Well, that all played out after, you know, he and I worked through our issues and um, cemented this new friendship. Did you talk to Mark about physical intimacy before engagement day? We really didn't. No. It was something that I didn't really want to bring into that show because that's what I was worried about from, you know, I knew I was going to go back to my job and I needed to uphold a professional status, Mm -hmm. you know, lo and behold, I'm going to be like three sheets to the wind throughout the entire thing. You know, I didn't want my family really to hear anything about that. And I really, you know, didn't want any of my colleagues like hearing any of that. So I just kind of never went there. So we didn't really talk about it. But then it kind of just went there on its own because it became every other couple was being intimate and you guys weren't. Yeah. So what point were you worried about your connection with Mark? When we got to Mexico. So when I saw him, he was very good looking. I hadn't seen a guy in so long and (laughs) we had connections. Of course, I thought he was good looking for sure. And I kind of knew what he looked like because Kelly Chase had seen him before. And we kind of had a conversation about that. Not really, but kind of. In public, you mean? Well, like in the lounge. Yeah, because I kept saying, oh, I know he looks like Mark Consuelos. And uh, Kelly's like, mm, he doesn't really look like Mark Consuelos. I don't want to burst your bubble. So she kind of told me like what he looked like. How did she see him in the lounge? She hadn't. She knew him because they're both fitness instructors in oh, Atlanta. Oh, I see. She knew of him before the show. I see. So she kind of me exactly what he looked like and I'm like I didn't care you know I was just in it for the right reasons um so when I saw him I thought he looked great and then we were sequestered to our hotel rooms the next day we filmed seeing each other going to the um airport everything was cool we're having a blast um and we get to Mexico we're sequestered in our hotel rooms and our producers let us see each other So this doesn't happen on camera. And he, and first of all, it's probably a little bit before this because when you're seeing someone in the pod, you're very on. You got to present your best self. Yeah, you're in presentation mode, if you will. Like, I feel like I was kind of relaxed and chill as you see, but I think outside of the pods, like I started just seeing him interact with other people and just feeling like, 
the age gap that I constantly uh, refer to, but that's kind of what it was. It was like seeing him interact with other people. And it's very much like, dude, man, bro, man. And it's uh, like, it's not that I don't respect that or whatever. It's just like, felt like such an age difference. You know, my last boyfriend was 42 years old and it's just a totally different lifestyle. So I start seeing this lifestyle and then we get to Mexico and the sequester is kind of over. We're seeing each other and he hops in bed with me and like big spoons me from behind. And it just hit me. I just knew I'm like, this is not the spoon. Wasn't the right spoon. Spoon wasn't my spoon. I need to have that kind of awareness. Damn it. How would I know? What makes a spoon not the right spoon? I don't know. It was just, it was weird. It just didn't fit. It just, I think it was energy too. And, you know, I, I don't forget things. I'm very much, I remember every conversation that I have, especially with someone that I'm going to marry. There were like some things that came out that I realized weren't accurate, you know, and that felt kind of like an age difference thing too. So that all happened really, really quickly. So age was really, I mean, everyone made fun of it. Like, haha, she's so focused on age. But in the end, that really was a big thing for you. It was, but it was factors of that. Not just the fact that he's X this age, but. No, not just judging somebody for being that age, just the lifestyles and the way that we interact with people and our conversations, you know, um, and when we got to Mexico, he was like, you know, I'm trying to figure out what kind of man I want to be. And it's like, oh, I've known the kind of woman that I am for a long time. And I need somebody who knows the kind of man they are, you know, I don't have time for you to go on your journey because I'm on my journey. I've been yeah. the journey. And I think aside from that, too, I was always protective over him. I was trying to protect him from himself most of the time. Just like, are you thinking about, are you thinking this through? Because there's so much here you know, like that we're about to sign up for and you have your whole twenties ahead of you. And I don't feel bad for saying that to him because I lived some great life during my twenties and I wanted that for him too. Let's discuss Barnett and just kind of those probably painful to watch scenes. Did you feel like at your honeymoon time that you did have unresolved feelings for Barnett? I don't think it was unresolved. It was a lot of glorified story lines. So that maybe things that were twisted. What probably you see is me realizing I'm in a shitstorm, and he's the next closest person to me. I don't think we got an accurate representation of your friendship. And so it seemed like you were just running to the person that who dumped you like, you know? Yeah. And I think he was just the person that I wanted to lean on. And obviously in that situation, it's kind of tough to do. Um, Right. I was excited to see him and we had established this friendship and, um, you know, I definitely end up overstepping and I wish I could take that back. But there was so, there was so much unfolding with me and Mark that you don't see that I felt like I did the wrong thing almost immediately. And I think that made me want to gravitate towards Barnett because I trusted him and we had kind of already been through this stuff together. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think that's why it goes that way. But a lot of it, like I say, is, is glorified. So it's hard for me to even kind of talk through it because I didn't really, um, have feelings for him. So your intention in those times wasn't to like break up Amber and Barnett. No, 
I mean, if I'm being totally honest, like I didn't really understand because I had totally different connection with him than, and I knew her and she and I did not, we weren't girlfriends or whatever, like not even. Why? Um, I don't know. I mean, I just didn't connect with her on that level. You know, I was like, I felt like we just didn't ever have a conversation. And um, I definitely tried, but it just didn't happen. And um, just wasn't, she just wasn't my girl, you know? Yeah. It's not that I didn't respect her because I did. Didn't have the bond. Wouldn't say that was there. Was that overall watching the show live a difficult storyline for you to watch? Um, I didn't really watch it. Was it hard to realize that that's what people were watching and gathering opinions about? I, I don't think it was because for me it was totally mischaracterized. So you had confidence that, okay, I, I know what happened. That piece, that piece didn't really bother me that much because I'm like, I know... I know how I felt about him and um, yeah, I didn't internalize that too much to be honest. Like I, I never wanted her to see how that played out and, and be upset with me, you know? Um, so I did want to apologize to her and Mark for that about the way that it looked. At least the way that it aired it, they kind of made it seem like Barnett was like, we're almost like weirded out by your conversations in, in the moment. Were you both interacting freely? You know what I mean? I was hammered. Yeah. So <laughs> in the moment you thought it was a great conversation. No, exactly. And honestly, like I'm a lover when I'm drinking, like I'm just overly like loving and expressive. And that's probably, you know, what it was. Um, I definitely overstepped. I know from what I did see, and I, I do feel bad about that. And I've definitely apologized to her. So you're realizing that your relationship with Mark might not be what it is. Are you, you're probably drinking heavily to mask that. At any point, did you want to leave and just say, I can't do this? Yeah, for sure. I definitely wanted to leave. Um, and that's, you know, I wanted to leave, but I knew that I signed up for it. And... I've never really quit anything in my life. So it's called an experiment, right? That was the whole point of the entire show is to put yourself in this experiment. So I'm seeing this person, I'm not feeling it at all. And I wanted to continue to show up, but I also wanted to continue to be honest. And I was super honest throughout the entire thing. And I tried to be as um, gracious as I could in that. And I apologize, Olivia. Every other sentence, I was just like, I'm so sorry. I am, I feel terrible. You know, this is not what I ever meant to happen in this experience. And you don't see a lot of that. So you guys had lots of conversations about how you were not feeling like it was. I immediately told him off camera and I spent so much time just, you know, walking him through that. What was his reaction to that? He was totally cool as a cucumber thought he could win you over kind of thing oh he was just kind of like okay you know I totally get it let's ride this out and well okay so so honeymoon ends and you guys go back to Atlanta you go to his apartment and meet his roommate and mom and family and yada yada yeah. I do want to discuss the wine moment when your dog was drinking wine that that was the most 
used question I have on here. So everyone wants to know, did you notice your dog was drinking wine? I did. Is this something your dog has done before? No, she hasn't. I was just, I don't know. I was so uncomfortable in this. Okay, so imagine, this is inexcusable. Don't ever give your dog wine. It's not something that you should do. It's harmful for pets. But this is the type of awkward shit that you see me doing the entire time is because I'm with this person I don't want to be with and I'm planning a wedding with them and talking about in that moment, you know, they're asking me to say how much I make, you know, how much do you make? And, um, and, and that exact conversation is when I was telling him how awesome I thought it was that he was a trainer and, you know, how, how great, you know, he's going to do. And I want to be there to help him and all this stuff. And that totally, that's the part for me, if I could change anything of, of what came out, it's like, I come from such a humble place. And like, my background is like, my parents were factory workers and, you know, my dad like made a life for himself. Like I would never ever shun anyone for what they do for a living. And I think trainers are fucking awesome and hot. I love my trainer and he's hot. Yeah. That's the one thing I'm like, so pissed about, but that in that moment, I was dealing with those questions. And then I knew we're going to turn, be turned around on me. And I just put the damn wine glass down there and he licked it. And it looks really. You might want to consider though, like maybe capitalizing on this and maybe starting like a dog wine line, but like, obviously not wine, but I feel like you could make a killing off of this. Like a bougie pet line. Yeah. Like a, it looks like red wine, but it's just like water with cherry stuff in it. I don't know. I like it. Then the altar. Um, Mm -hmm. Did you discuss beforehand what you were going to do? Yes. So when you walked down the aisle, you were positive you were going to say no. Yes. So what did it surprise you that he was upset? Yeah. It surprised me that he said yes. And I was, in fact, just heartbroken by it. And, you know, I stayed through the whole thing, even, you know, I was super honest the entire time and I stayed and, you know, we had discussed that we weren't ready for marriage and on that day, and I've heard him, I think I even heard him on your podcast just say, I had to stand in my truth. And it's like, what world are you living in? If someone isn't ready to marry you, you don't say yes. And like every discussion that we had was... We were never saying yes, but as soon as I got to the wedding venue and my friends had met him the night before and they're like, girl, he's going to say yes on you. And I'm like, no, I I, no, you don't know him. We have this bond and we've been in this together. And, um, sure enough, I walk into that room and there's like four more groomsmen than we had planned on having. He's got like an extra 20 family members there that we didn't talk about. And I didn't want this whole circus. No, I mean, if you're gonna say no, if you had agreed to it. Yeah, and so I really wanted to do it in a very tactful way, you know? And you see me walk down the aisle because it had been the longest 47 days of my life. And I'm just like, let's do this, you know? Let's say no and move on, yeah. Yeah, This is over, I got through this. And it was like such a knife in my back, you know? Do you feel like, if anything, he was convinced to do those things to make you look really bad? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So he says yes, you say no, automatically look like the bad guy. Uh, he is very upset, and that's kind of the end of it. Y'all's was also the one that was filmed in a completely different area than everyone else's, which also is weird. That adds to my weird factor here. But everyone else, so it's the wedding started on Monday and ended Friday, and ours was Friday. So I think the other venue was booked that day, which uh, worked out great for us because we got a way nicer venue. So maybe, okay, so maybe that's just a conspiracy theory. Jamie Page wanted to know whether you were worried about your edit while filming. Absolutely. But at some point, like I knew, I, you know. When did you know? Um, I mean, I could just tell based on every question and mm -hmm. I could tell in Mexico. Mm. I could just even tell with my interaction with Mark once I told him and he ran off to production and instead of kind of working through it together and figuring out what we're going to do. Um, that's when it all kind of started. Mm. But um, at some point, I didn't care anymore. I was that uncomfortable and miserable that I didn't even care the cameras were around. You see how much I'm drinking. Like, I didn't care anymore. I just wanted out of there. I just wanted to get to the wedding and be done with it, you know? Hmm. Okay. Jackie Moore said, there was a ton of time that passed between filming and the show airing. Did you have anxiety leading up to the moment when you did find out this show is going to happen? It's going to go to Netflix. Like, I know between filming and airing of The Bachelor, I it was awful. Every day I was like, how is this going to be? Am I prepared for this edit that I'm going to get? And then the anxiety leading up to it. I, I it was just exhausting. So we had a year and a half in between when we wrapped and when it aired and we didn't even know until 60 days out that Netflix actually bought it and they were going to put it on Netflix. So all that time. Yeah. I mean, I was a mess after the show. I was isolating myself and I was super upset. I knew what my life was about to turn into, you know, I was yeah. not disillusioned at all. Um, and I would have nightmares. It was awful, but there would be some days or, you know, even weeks I would just forget it even happened. And then it was just dawn on me. I don't know if you had that experience. I guess it's different because I knew it was happening. Like there was, you know, it's inevitable. Yeah, there's no question. If anything, it might be harder to maybe you're like, okay, all that happened, but maybe it won't get bought and no one will see it. Exactly. And, and honestly, Olivia, it was 10 times worse than my worst nightmare that I had put together about it. I'm, you, you're like drawing up these things in your mind. Like, okay, this could go this way. This yeah. could be perceived as this way. But you forget that like, it's not even what happened that they're doing. It's like, and then it becomes this whole other thing that you didn't even know it was going to be. A year and a half worth of production and editing. I mean, they had a lot of time to get creative. Yep. Someone asked, what does she feel is the biggest misconception about her based on what people saw? Is it maybe the, the job thing that you said or is, or is it something else? Yeah, I would say um, it's interesting because people will watch the show who are experts, like the Enneagram expert. Mm -hmm. I thought I was an achiever. 
because they kept putting out, oh, she's successful or she, you know, makes her own money or whatever. That's like one aspect of who I am, but I'm actually the helper. Like I actually put everyone in front of me. I want to help everyone. I'm a giver. I'm actually really nurturing. I like nice things, you know, and I will pay for my laundry to be done. (laughs) But at the end of the day, if I'm really in love with someone, like I will give them everything and I will take care of everything. Like that's, I am more maternal and um, nurturing than I looked on there. But when I'm not into someone, it's hard for me to get in to play. I'm not an actress, you know? Um, But yeah, that I would say I just looked really cold towards him. And in actuality, I was just there apologizing to him constantly, trying to be there for him, trying to help him through, even though I, when we got back from Mexico, I was working like 50 hours to try to make up for all the time I was off. And he was working five to 10 hours. Right. And, you know, during that time, even starting to spend time with another woman. So all of these things that are happening, it's like, I look really cold, but really I was still in it for him. I was still showing up and, you know, that's something that I I don't think gets seen. And then, yeah, just to kind of um, double click on um, I, I would never shame him for what he did. If anything, you know, I would only build him up and try to help him in any way, any way that I could. And, um, like I say, I definitely come from a really humble family. So that one, that really bothered me. So you could say, despite the fact that you knew early on your relationship wasn't going to be long-term romantically, you could say you gave it everything you could as far as just maintaining some sort of normalcy with within the two of you and trying to build them up. Yeah, exactly. So this rumor that he had another girl might have some truth to it. Yeah. Yeah. So he told me in the pods and I thought it was interesting. He said, I've started just building connections with people since college. I met this girl, Alex, and you know, I've spent some time with her and I'm like, it's really odd that he's mentioning that. Yeah. That's a bizarre thing to say. Okay. Got it. So then we had one rough night in Atlanta and the next day I was still dealing with my dog um, and she, you know, she got really sick and she ended up in the, at the emergency vet and I kept trying to get a hold of him, kept trying to get a hold of him to figure out like when we were filming that night. Right. And he like came by my house. I'm like, where were you? And he said he had been spending that time with this girl for like six hours. And I was frustrated by that. I, I didn't like one, I was still in it, you know? You're still filming the show. Like the concept is still to the naked eye to get married. Yeah. And I heard him talk about, and then they ended up dating for a year and a half after that. And like, there would have no way I could have dated someone after that. Like if you're really that heartbroken and you're at the altar with someone, there's no way. I always was wondering like, why wouldn't she come out and say something like save me a little bit, you know? Um, But she never did. And you know, I don't know why they broke up or what happened, but, um, they broke up two weeks before the show and all the photos came down and no one ever found out. He was posting photos with her. I love you more than anything in the world. You're the love of my life. Like both of them, cause she has a public profile too. There's no less than like 20 photos over a year and a half, right after we stopped filming. And then a week before the show came out, And I just sit in all this misinformation, just becoming this, you know, humiliated person. And I'm the laughing stock of the world. The world. It's been so hard, you know? I can't imagine. And at the end of the 
say, like, I never talked to another guy at all throughout that entire time because, like, regardless, I'm loyal to a fault. Like, I know the Barnett thing looked really bad, but, like, I wasn't... You weren't trying to, like, get in Barnett's bed. You were just trying to talk. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's hard because there's so much misinformation out there. And, you know, and then especially, and now like knowing that, and then you go to the wedding day and like crying on his mom. And it's like, I'm sure she's, I can't even imagine how she feels seeing that, you know? I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. And that's why I didn't talk to him for a long time. I felt so betrayed. I was just beside myself that I put myself through that and I knew how it was going to look. Um, he's a great, he's a good person, you know, like he's energetic. He's, um, very, what's the word? Um, motivational. He's super motivational. He's super high energy. And like, people love that. People love that about him, you know? Um, and I love that about him, but I also thought we had a friendship and he totally screwed me over. Yeah. He didn't have your back afterwards. Like he's been supportive of me in the press, but not to the point where like, you know me, dude, like, why are you letting all this happen? And meanwhile, it's like, all these other things have just never come out. And there's just so much misinformation that I've just sat in like, I don't know how you've done it. Oh, my God. I don't know how I've done it. I did it once. It was awful. How do you do it, Olivia? Honestly, you can't convince people to see what they didn't see. And so you can scream from the rooftops. But wait, this happened. People don't give a shit unless they saw it the way it was presented to them. They won't believe you. And then you just look like the bitter Betty that's like, but wait, listen to me. Exactly. It, it sucks. And, and the thing I've learned in reality TV, one is everyone's out for themselves. No one is going to really want to clear your name. Why do they care? Yeah. And then two, you're going to have to forgive people who never apologize to you. And it's very hard. You're so right. And on that note, I heard Mark say that on your podcast that I called him right before it aired to apologize to him. Like I called him to say, let's squash all of this. This is about to come out. Like, I think we're going to need to be there for each other, you know, and it wasn't about me apologizing to him. It was about trying to go into it as a unified front. Right. Just like, you know, whatever, let's put this all behind us. It's been a year and a half. Um, but yeah. And I think, and I think to your point, at some point people just stop caring. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the problem is like it's you're preaching to, to nobody and it sucks, but like they saw what they saw. Yeah. And you don't blame them. They don't have any other access to another story they have nothing unless it's shown they don't have it exactly even if you were able to say guys it happened like this it probably doesn't even even if someone wrote you back and said oh oh wow okay i forgive you it doesn't really make you feel that much better anyway yep you just kind of live with the way it's shown you know and i'm not saying you shouldn't say these things you should absolutely have the opportunity to, to speak about what happened 100%. I took it. I got in trouble for doing it. But it's like I never did it with the intention of changing people's minds about me. I did it with the intention of like I, I can't sleep at night if I don't have the balls to talk about what happened, even if no one listens to me. Doesn't it become so maddening? This is stuff that, that 
and I'm and not to say that the people who looked great on the show also have it easy. I'm sure they go through things too. But the, for the people who were like half been scorned, like there is so much stuff that goes in that just drives you nuts for so long. Yeah. And you have to, you have to like somehow move past it. I even had one of my best girlfriends who I've literally talked to every day for years. She turned on me. She watched that show and called and said some things to me. People got paid to write stuff. Yeah. It's good that you find those things out. It's a, it's an incredibly painful way to find out who who's in your corner and who isn't. And honestly, like anyone that I could get rid of during that time of my life, I was like, thank God. Yeah, I literally, and I, I'm such a people pleaser. Yeah. Not look like it, but you know, I've tried, I've wanted to call her back so many times and I, you know, just to, to do it. I'm like, I can't, I literally was in such a bad place when those conversations happened that it was so traumatic. I just can't even, it's, it's such a weird time, you know? Well, what's, what's going on if you, if everyone watched the reunion, I think you did a great job of, you know, apologizing about what you needed to. And then Amber had some, some words for you. First of all, her calling you kind of, uh, what did she say? Shiesty or something. Did you think that was uncalled for or understandable? If you know Amber, you know she's coming at you like that. And I had already been warned by multiple people that she said I should never catch myself in the same room with her. And, you know, so I was like, all right. And, and actually, what you didn't see is they had sat Barnett on that couch and Amber's next to him. They put me on the other side of him on the couch originally. So I walk over and I'm like a robot. My friends had like put my clothes on me, did my makeup. We were probably trained like, here's how you go into it. Yep. I was just like walking out there like a total robot and I didn't even recognize her. So I sit down and all of a sudden this like bleach blonde hair turns around and she's like, oh, hell no, bitch, you better get up out that seat right now. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I didn't even see her come out of nowhere and she had blonde hair and I was like, what? And I, I mean, I was just kind of like, all right, can you guys put me somewhere else? And they ended up putting me behind Carlton. But yeah, I knew I knew she'd be, quote unquote, coming after me. Um, and I wanted to apologize to her and let her know that, you know, I, I was sorry I overstepped. And um, I, I truly felt bad for the way that it looked. Do you have a relationship now or no? No. Again, it's not, you know, we never really had a connection or anything like that. So I definitely wish them well. But what about Barnett? No, I mean, I would love to be friends with him eventually, but I don't think that is going to be possible. She won't let that happen. But yeah, so I think that's probably not, that's probably a lost cause. Yeah. Okay, last thing about the show until we talk about life now. Caitlin Nichols said, if there's one thing you could go back and do differently, one thing, what would it be? I wouldn't have accepted the proposal. Got I want to say drink water over wine, <laughs> but I just wouldn't have even put myself in the position. And uh, Understood. Okay, well, a lot of people just want to make sure that you are okay. You know, you're getting some positive feedback. Yes. I get a ton of really nice DMs. Good. And that makes me feel so good because there's people out there who needed to see that story for whatever reason and influence their decisions in life. And um, yeah, I think there are some people that kind of could see 
in me things that are issues that they've had. So I'm happy that I was able to help. As long as there's some positive reinforcement, that's good. Yeah. Alethea Melia said, has her job been affected by the show airing or any of the memes or anything like that or anything in life? No. Is there a meme you actually liked? I loved um, Good Night to Everyone Except Jessica Batten from Love and Blind. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Honestly, like none of it really bothers me. The drunk faces get a little annoying, um, but none of it really bothers me that much because it's just a character. Nicole Reed said if she knew before going on the show what she knows now, would she still go on or would she not do it at all? I would still go on just because some things that have happened after the show wouldn't have been possible. So I would still go on. And Do you think you and Mark can ever be friends again? Yeah, for sure. We, I, mean, I would say we're friends. Um, I'm over, you know, I'm over all of it. I, I wish he would have handled things differently, but, um, it's all good. Caitlin Young, would you ever date someone younger than you again? Yes. Just not someone who says bro, dog, dude, Joseph, Mosif, whatever, brosif, anyone. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> how has dating been since the show? It's been really good. Really? Oh my gosh. So I'm in a relationship now and I met him almost right after the show came out. And so the show was out for like a week and a half. I met him and then the quarantine happened. So LA totally shut down. And so we haven't had to worry about being out in public or anything. So we've been able to just like do our own thing. Are you serious right now? Yeah. And it's like just such a good relationship. And it's so like he saw the show you know, oh he walked through a lot of it. And um, so it's just been, it's been really great. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. It was like the last thing I expected to happen too. How did you meet? Just like super random? Yeah, it was super random. I was um, out on a bike ride and, um, you know, in LA and he was out, he had seen the show. So he's kind of like, Hey, he was with his friends. So I ended up riding around with him, like, 15 miles and then we've talked every single day since then and that was like three months ago it's been it's been awesome because it's kind of been a nice escape for me Mm -hmm. just like a really great support system that's so great yay great answer okay Uh, any advice for those who will be a part of season two I got this question before and I danced in I like tap danced for like five minutes and nothing made sense (laughs) So I'm just going to say, I don't know if there's any good advice. You got to be ready to get married. You're not getting engaged. You're getting actually married. And just know that when you're not in love and you're being filmed, it's not always a good luck. You better be a good actor or don't do it at all. Exactly. Favorite Netflix quarantine binge? Shit's Creek. Got it. Have you seen it? No, but I have been told like every second of my life that I need to watch that show. It is money. It's so good. And I I didn't think I would like a comedy that much. I'm not a comedy person. I'm not either, but I'm telling you, it's just, you fall in love with it. It's the one. It's so cute. And it's it's also like, you can do other things while you're watching it. You don't have to be super invested. Um, But there's like some, there's some really good moments and it's super cute. Now, I want to know your social media, 
And this is your opportunity to just talk about yourself. I learned this because I said it wrong on um, Off the Vine last week. Oh, you did. Tragic. Jessica Batten underscore. <laughs> what did you say? Jessica underscore Batten? I said underscore Jessica Batten. So <laughs> I, have, I barely ever go on Instagram. I do go on there and I read the, I have the messages sent to me. Yeah. Um, but I've had friends managing my social media ever since this That's all went down. That's so good. I'm a huge, my sister managed mine for a long time. I'm the reality TV fail who came out of it with like no engagement whatsoever because I was just like, nope. Mm-mm. So that's good. I'm I'm very happy that you're doing that. I'm glad that you did that. And I wish I had a sister. That's the best. If you need me to change your passwords. Well, when I have a bad day, my girlfriend's like, all right. Or I'm here whenever you're having a bad day because I can sort of understand. I'm far between now because I've just distanced myself so much from it. It's good. But that's good. Yeah. Well, whenever you have a thought that you need to just vent about. I'm here. I'm so happy that I got to talk to you. And it's so awesome because you know the storyline so well. I know everything. <laughs> I research the shat hole out of my people. I know. Wait, I was on Off the Vine last week and Caitlin was like, wait, did you get engaged? I yeah. love her. <laughs> yeah, no, I will like binge a show in days. if I, I will watch every episode that a person is on before I interview them. No, that's great. It's great because I want to be asked those questions because so much of it was just like misrepresented, you know? And obviously there's only so much I can say, but... Um... I have asked everyone from Netflix shows if you ever could have imagined this kind of punch from this, you know? Absolutely not. I had friends who were like, oh, this is totally going to go under the radar. Don't worry about whatever it little exploded. things you're concerned about. It was the worst because it exploded... And then coronavirus hit and then everyone is quarantined in their homes and everyone is watching it. I know. Like everyone's watching it. And then it's like, you know, I'm being compared to the global pandemic and then I'm being compared to the tiger King. I did, couldn't, <laughs> couldn't get up the nerve to watch that, but I'm, whoever the terrible lady is Carol on Baskin. Then I'm getting compared to her. You are and not then, Carol Baskin. Can Netflix go out of business, please? So no one's watching my show anymore. You ever get told you look like Cameron Diaz? All the time. Cameron Diaz? All the time. I never got that until like I'm live with you. Cutie. Cutie. Okay, go go do other things. Adore you. You're the best. Love you, girl. Love you. Bye. Bye.